0: What is good, everybody? This is your guy, Manny, and this is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. We're going to talk Washington Commanders today. I'm going to go ahead and run my intro, and we're going to get this show on and popping. Super quick show, by the way. So the Commanders take on the Detroit Lions this week, and it's actually a bigger matchup than what most people think. Most people probably think that the Lions are the same Lions, right, or the Lions are this and the Lions are that. They're well coached, man. Dan Campbell is the man. I love his tenacity. I love what he brings to his team. I think this game is going to be a tough, tough game. The Lions are loaded offensively. And that's going to be a problem for the commanders if the defense doesn't tighten up. There's going to be a few names that we're going to talk about, some guys that I feel could have a really, really, really good game. And I'm going to share my screen. I'm going to go to a player profiler just to kind of give us a visual while we talk about certain players. But the first player that I want to highlight goes by the name of DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is a really good running back. But I want to say this. DeAndre Swift went off against the Eagles. Maybe it's something more so that the Eagles have a really bad uh, Russian defense, right? The commanders have a better Russian defense, and they struggle against the pass. So I'm looking maybe it could be more of a Jared Goff-type game. And, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, T.J. Hawkinson, uh D.J. Chark, they, they got some guys offensively that are, that are capable of, you know, creating some plays. Obviously, Jamison Williams is still on the IR, so he won't be there, which I'm glad. But I've even talked about this even prior to the season. They have a really good offensive line. So a defensive line have to show that, hey, that we the stuff. The Lions are loaded offensively. And like I said, guys, the first player that I want to highlight is DeAndre Swift. Just give me a moment to pull up the visual. Uh, this guy right here, the only knock to DeAndre Swift is his health. He's always been a pretty good player. Even last year, for those of us who play fantasy football, you love DeAndre Swift. You love what he brings to the table. But it's always just that just that question mark on can he stay healthy? Is he durable? Matter of fact, DeAndre Swift this week has not been practicing. He's not been practicing. So um, he didn't practice, uh, I think, Wednesday and Thursday. He finally practiced today. He returned back to practice, and he's officially questionable for this game versus the commanders i do think that deandre swift actually gets to play so if you do follow fantasy football deandre swift is the third running back right now he ranks number three in terms of production as a running back so you know it kind of translates with real life as you guys can see um versus the eagles he had 15 rush attempts for 144 yards This guy is a beast. He had uh, three receptions for 31 yards and a a, a touchdown. So, you know, over 170 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. That's elite. That's prolific. Uh, If you can see what he's done the last couple years, 521 yards, 617 yards, he's already off to a great start. So it looks like this is the year that DeAndre Swift is going to get to 1,000 yards rushing. But I will say this. Each year he's only played about 13 games. DeAndre Swift is going to miss games just because he's a smaller guy. He's 5'8". But when this guy plays, he is an elite, elite talent. People talk about Jonathan Taylor. Rightfully so. Jonathan Taylor is great. But DeAndre Swift has that same kind of of ability to be as great, if not better, than Jonathan Taylor because DeAndre Swift is one of the better pass catching backs, not only in his class, but in the NFL. So I'm going to highlight DeAndre Swift. How can the commanders stop DeAndre Swift? Obviously, we lost for Darian Mathis. He was really good against the run. I like Deron Payne. I like um, Jonathan Allen against the run. Those are two really, really good defensive tackles. The Commanders do well against the run. My only problem is when DeAndre Swift gets past the first line of defense. What are the linebackers going to do when he gets to that third level of the defense? What are the what what are the safeties going to do? That's what it all boils down to. Hawk, appreciate you hopping on the stream. Hawk says, Manny, I stand corrected as you were right about the Kansas City (laughs) in Chargers game. I I told you, man. I told you, man. I told you. It's just something different about the Kansas City Chiefs this year. They have a lot to prove. They've lost Tyreek Hill. They've lost a lot of different guys. So I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be better this year than they were last year. And you see, they're putting emphasis on the defense. Speaking of defense, what what are the commanders going to do when it comes to containing a, a DeAndre Swift? We know who Swift is, right? But they also have another running back that goes by the name of Jamal Williams. And this guy right here, he's a beast. He's one of the better backups in the league. This guy could be a starting running back anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? He could have been a starting running back for Washington because they needed that that, uh, that bruiser, it's a former fourth-round pick from BYU. He played great for Green Bay. Um, they had that nice one-two punch when it was uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. And not only that, he's one of the leaders of the team. If you guys have heard the speech from Hard Knocks, Jamal Williams brings a passion. He brings the energy. Um, obviously, he rushed for 11 attempts last week, 100, I mean, 28 yards. But he had uh, one reception, two yards, but he had two total touchdowns. That's as big as DeAndre Swift running for 144. So as a, as a combination of, of, of guys, they rushed for you know over 180 yards or all from scrimmage, all combined, right? These two guys had three touchdowns, three touchdowns. The Lions put up a lot of points versus the Eagles. But then, but then again, I'm not comparing the commanders to the Eagles. Is it that the Eagles are not as good defensively? But the commanders struggle against the Jags. I know it's week one. You really don't find that about a team until it's like week four, okay? Hawk says, we need the defense to make approximately three stops. This will be a shootout for for sure. Absolutely. I I see this being high scoring. I mean, the first team to get the 28 points most likely wins the game. You're going to need another big game out out of Carson Wentz. And I don't know if the commanders get close enough to the goal line for a running back to get a touchdown. I don't see the commanders getting a rushing touchdown that's 10 or more yards. Now, I'm hoping we get a touchdown that's 10 or more yards But the last time that happened, I can't really even think of when the last time that happened. So I'm more so seeing the pass game, the quick pass. That seems to be what's going for Scott Turner right now. If you watch how Scott Turner called the game last week, he was putting the ball in the hands of the defenders to then go ahead and get some yak ability, some yards after the catch. You saw Curtis Samuel being utilized. He had what eight receptions, but the yard total was so low. So that seems to be how to kind of slow this Lions offense down, which means keep the offense off the field time of possession. Time of possession is very vital to the commanders. Okay, I wanted to highlight one more player for the Lions who I think is going to be a factor uh come Sunday. and That's my main man, Amon Rod St. Brown. There was a poll up and they said, who would you start this week in fantasy football? Do you start Jahan Dotson or do you start Amon Rod St. Brown? For me, I chose Amon Rod St. Brown. There was a stat that I saw and I have to fact, fact check it because I'm not sure. There's uh, rumors that Amon St. Brown has seven straight games of eight receptions or more. So I'm going to go ahead and fact fact check that real quick just to make sure. Amon St. Brown. Let's check what he did last year because this guy right here, he's a target monster. And um, I I, I love what he brings to the table. So I'm a big fan of Amon Ross St. Brown. Obviously, I'm hoping that he doesn't have a good game versus versus my commanders. But um, let me see. Yeah, I have to check this out because if he's a guy that has gotten eight receptions a game over the course of the last seven games, then he's seriously going to be a problem because we know that the commanders struggle when it comes to to that pass defense. I don't trust that pass defense, Pass defense struggle. So dating back to the last seven games, they're not lying. They're not lying. Um, Matter of fact, let me go ahead and uh, stop sharing my screen and share a new screen. Uh, every time I get new information, I want to bring it out to the fans, bring it out to the people so you guys can look and see are with me so you guys can see what I see. Amara St. Brown, ever since the 5th of December last year, okay, he had 10 receptions for 86 yards, okay? He had a touchdown. That very next game, he had eight receptions for 73 yards, The next game, he had eight receptions for 90 yards, one touchdown. The next game, he had nine receptions for 91 yards and two touchdowns. The next game, he had eight receptions uh, for 111 yards, two touchdowns. Sorry, one touchdown. And then the very next game, which is the last game of the season, which was on the 9th of January last year, he had eight receptions, 109 yards and one touchdown. So, um this guy literally had, in the stretch of one, two, three, four, five, six, the last six games of the season, this guy was averaging over 90-plus yards per game. He was averaging over 8.5 receptions a game, and he was averaging about just about a touchdown. you know. And then that carried over into this new season. Carried over into this new season. So Amari St. Brown, he's going to be a problem for the commanders. He's going to be a guy that eats up the middle of the field. Um, yes, he was a fourth-round pick. But this guy right here, he's a prolific, prolific player, and people need to stop sleeping on Amal Rossi Brown. I think he's one of the better slot wide receivers in the league. Not only that, he put up just as good of uh, of a number in terms of stats as Cooper Cup. So, so for those of you guys who follow fantasy football, you guys know what Amal Rossi Brown brings to the table. He was able to play exceptionally well. Um, I think he's one of the better better uh, wide receivers in all the NFL. Right now, he's a wide receiver level in fantasy football, but we're dealing with real life. He's 5'11, so he's not a, necessarily a big guy. Um, he's 197 pounds, okay? But he plays bigger and stronger than what he actually is. He's one of those sure headed guys. He's not fast, he runs a 4'6, okay? But he's a guy that, that, that is a technician when it comes to getting open. Last week, he was targeted 12 times. He caught eight receptions for 64 yards, and he had a receiving score. So he just pretty much picked up from where he left off last year. And, um, I mean, he's he's going to be a problem for the commanders. Like, you know, yes, he's a slower guy, but he gets open. When you know how to run routes, when you know how to get separation, doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, he he's another guy that I am – you know, going to be looking at, watching closely because Amara Saint Brown, like I said, guys, he brings the energy, he brings the passion, and he's a really, 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 really good player. So, those are the three players for the Lions that I think that are going to be a factor. You have DeAndre Swift, you have Jamal Williams, and then you have Amara Saint Brown. You can toss in another guy, T.J. Hawkinson. You know, you can go ahead and toss him in as well. T.J. Hawkinson is a really good tight end. Let's look at what T.J. Hawkinson did last week. He's going to be a problem for the Commanders. Uh, the commanders are going to struggle. Like I said, middle of the field is wide open. Um, the boundaries are okay. Uh, I mean, we saw guys like Marvin Jones and Zay Jones and Char, uh, not 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 Chark, but um, Christian Kirk. We saw all these guys get offers to the commanders. Um, was it a pass rush issue? I think that the team continued to put pressure. You know, continue to get to continue to get to uh, um, Trevor Lawrence a few times. It could have had sacks and it was roughing the passer or, sorry, intentional grounding. And a few times he was able to make these throws. Um, so, you know, the Lions, do not sleep on Jared Goff. Jared Goff and Trevor Lawrence are about the same. When you talk about who has the better offense, it's definitely the Lions. You know, they have Swift, they have Hawkinson, they have all these different guys that that Jacksonville didn't have. So now you're going to be on your P's and Q's. You're going to have to bring your best uh, effort, okay? So TJ Hawkinson last week he had seven targets for four receptions, 38 yards. Do not sleep on TJ Hawkinson just because he only had four for 38 does not mean he gets four for 38 versus Washington. Is Jamin Davis going to play ball? That's the big question. Jack Del Rio today called out, uh, um, Jamin Davis. They asked him a question about Jamin Davis. He says, Obviously, I've given you guys a lot, Jamin Davis needs to play a whole lot better. We're gonna need Jamin Davis. We're going to need Cole Holcomb. We're going to need Benjamin St. Juice in a slot. We're going to need all these three guys to be effective versus guys like Marwa St. Brown and TJ Hawkinson. It's going to be, it's going to be a long day if they cannot contain the middle, because I'm telling you guys, all Jared Goff is going to do is find an open guy. And then also you have the running backs out the backfield where Swift and Jamal Williams, both guys are excellent at catching the ball out the backfield. So these are some of the things that you, that we need to look at. Now we're going to go ahead and transition to the commanders, right? Obviously, you have Carson Wentz who played really, really well, and um, I was proud of what he was able to do, those four touchdowns, how he was able to overcome adversity when he did throw those two fourth quarter touchdowns he came back with two fourth quarter sorry, i mean, two he, he threw two fourth quarter interceptions and then he came back and got two fourth quarter touchdowns. So, it was good to see the resiliency out of Carson Wentz, big quarterback, 6'5", 237 pounds. Um, he's very mobile, you know, at 4'7", 40-yard a, a dash, he's, you know, very, very mobile. Like I said, he had uh, 41 uh, pass attempts last week, 313 yards, and four touchdowns. But my question to you guys, the fans, is does Carson Wentz have to throw for another 300 yards for the Commanders to win? Does Carson Wentz have to throw for at least three touchdowns? I think he's capable of doing both, and I think he will do both. I think that Carson Wentz comes out, throws for over 300 yards, and throws for over three touchdowns once again. The run game is still a question mark to me. Um, It's like they're running the ball, but they don't want to put Gibson in harm's way. They want to kind of ease him on in. They want to get his confidence back up. So you're going to have Gibson running. Maybe this this is a game where you see Jonathan Williams a little bit more. Um, We didn't see J.D. McKissick much. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how we incorporate the run. But I do feel like the more balance the commanders get, the better. Obviously, Terry McClendon has to get the ball. Terry McLaurin has to be highlighted this game. He has to get at least 10 targets. If Terry McLaurin gets 10 targets, it's going to be better for the offense. Terry McLaurin, a guy who has four, three, five speed, six foot tall, 208 pounds. He's a, a decent size wide receiver. He's not big. He's not strong. He just does the right things. And as, as, as of right now, you know, you have to think, will Terry get to a thousand yards this year? I think he will. The last time that Carson Wentz had a thousand yard wide receiver He didn't have any with the Eagles, I don't think. And he recently just had one last year with Michael Pittman. But Michael Pittman was force-fed. With this offense, you don't have to force-feed Terry McLaurin, But he has to get at least more than four targets. The last two years, 134 targets, 131 targets. That's with no help and with no quarterback. Both years, he had four receiving touchdowns and five receiving touchdowns. So already, he's off to a great start when you're looking at touchdowns. So you can almost say... Terry has a chance to get more than five touchdowns this year. He's already on pace for 17 touchdowns. He's not going to get 17 touchdowns, at least I don't think, but he's on pace for 17 touchdowns. So he's off to a good uh, uh, mark when it it comes down to receiving touchdowns. Now, the two receptions at this pace, I don't know if he cracks 77. It would be a good problem if Terry is not force-fed, but Carson Wentz is hitting the right guys. As much as I want Terry McLaurin to get more than four targets a game, you also have to look at the Florida offense. And the Florida offense said that, hey, Curtis Samuel was the guy that they was trying to get the ball to a lot. They used Curtis Samuel like a running back, even though he was receiving the ball. He'll catch a little two-yard pass and turn it into five. Catch a little two-yard pass, turn it into seven. Catch a little two-yard pass, get the first down. So that that seemed to be working for the commander. So I see uh, a, this game where you're going to need Terry. Going against his former college uh, uh, um, teammate, um, I can't think of his name right now; it escapes me. But from a, from, a, from Ohio State, and the guy is a very very good corner. So I'm looking forward to the matchup. The name will come to me in a minute. But um, yeah, Terry definitely needs more than four targets. That's one of my keys to the game: get Terry the ball. Don't force it, but at the same time, it's okay to throw his way every now and again, then to open up for others. So look for Terry to get the ball a lot um, this week. A guy I want to highlight is Jahan Dotson. This kid is special. He's special. Um, Right now he's a 17th-ranked wide receiver in fantasy football. Um, But Jahan Dotson, what he was able to do was magnificent. He was targeted just five times. So he only got five targets. So the targets wasn't there to be spread around. Some games you're going to get – Jahan with 10, some games Terry with 10, sometimes Curtis Samuel with 10. Curtis Samuel had 11, but we didn't get to Curtis Samuel in just a minute. So Jahan Dotson, he was targeted five times. He caught three of those, 40 yards, but he had two touchdowns. And both of those touchdowns were a thing of beauty. Um, This guy, he, he has a chance to be special. He has a chance to be special. I am so glad we traded back. Instead of grabbing Olave, we were able to get Jahan Dotson. And then what turned into Brian Robinson and want uh, i want to say the trade turned into Brian robertson and Cole Turner and Sam Howell so i think it was a great trade um at least that's what i think that you know that that uh that trade back turned into um either way it goes jahan Dotson is a phenomenal phenomenal talent a uh, guy that has 44 4-4 speed 443 speed um he's not a, a big guy he's 511 a buck 81 and that's just being generous <laughs> that's being generous but he's a guy that that's a technician when it comes to running uh routes. And then he catches everything. Then his vertical jump is just out the gym, out the gym. So I'm expecting great things out of Jahan Dotson this year. I don't know if the target share is going to be there for him to be a top wide receiver this season, but even if he's not, even if Jahan Dotson ends up with, six to seven hundred yards receiving that's a success if he gets anywhere from five to seven touchdowns that's a success if he gets anywhere from 40 to 60 receptions that's success right there you want to see production then in year two then you can be featured more in the offense then you can be you know you know become better but the 16th pick of the NFL draft, Jahan Dotson, man, shout out to Jahan Dotson. Last week, I predicted that Jahan Dotson will score the first touchdown. I was wrong. The first touchdown was sc- scored by Curtis Samuel, but then Jahan later on came around and scored a touchdown, which made me feel good. At least I, pre- I predicted a Jahan Dotson touchdown. The next thing I want to highlight for the commanders is Curtis Samuel. This guy is being used like a Debo Samuel type of player, and you guys will see what I mean. Uh, this guy, he was phenomenal in his first game. He had uh, 11 targets, he caught eight of those. He had 55 yards, but it's his impact was bigger than the 55 yards. Um, will he continue to get 11 targets a game? I don't think so, but I see him being heavily targeted. I see him with about seven to eight targets, uh, come this week versus the Lions, and he's going to be involved, he's going to run the ball. He also had a few rushes as well, including a 11-yard gainer that he had. So, I'm expecting great things out of this kid, man. Uh, look, he's he's back. He's healthy. He's having fun. He's also 5'11. He's uh, 196 pounds, so he's a little bit bigger, a few more pounds uh, bigger than Jahan Dotson. But you have three wide receivers that are about 5'11 to six foot tall, and they're all fast. Uh, Curtis Samuel runs a four three one So you have three guys that run. Uh, at least a 4-4, and all three guys can catch the ball. All three guys have that yak ability after catching the ball. So I'm excited for what Curtis Samuel can do if he's fully, fully healthy. Um, last guy I want to highlight for the Commanders, actually two more guys. Logan Thomas came back uh, from injury, and nobody knew if Logan Thomas was going to be able to play or not. Logan Thomas is going to be a problem for the Lions. It's going to be a problem for the Lions. Um last game he had six targets He caught three for 45 that's i mean that's pretty solid three for 45 is pretty it's pretty solid that means if he if he had 12 targets he's catching six that's 90 yards so i'll take that all day i think the logan thomas goes over 70 yards that means you're going to see less production from one of the wide receivers i don't know which one is going to be but it's, it's great to have multiple guys that can come in and produce this, this reminds me of the year that the commanders had jameson crowder Pierre Garcon, Deshaun Jackson, Jordan Reed—it's giving me that kind of vibe, those kinds of feels. To where all three guys could have, all four guys, I mean, could have about seven to eight hundred yards receiving at least each. So it's it's definitely possible if that happens. then you know, Carson Wentz is, is throwing for uh, forty-five hundred yards or more. Okay, it's it's all very possible. Carson Wentz is off to a great start. Three hundred plus yards, and he's going to have way more three hundred plus games, especially with a, a game script that requires the Commanders to throw the ball to you know stay active to 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 you know be be competitive with these teams that can score. So you're going to see a lot of passing, and then with the way that Scott Turner is calling his game, it seems like he wants to pass more than he runs, and he wants to selectively run. That means Curtis Samuel running the ball. He needs to take care of the ball. He fumbled last week. You can't have Takeaways, we can't have, I mean, we cannot turn over the ball. We can't have two interceptions from which. We can't have, uh, um, you know, turn over the ball more than we're getting takeaways. That can't happen. We need to win the turnover battle at least plus one, at least plus one. That's going to be what it requires in order to beat the Lions. I'm telling you guys, the Lions are tough. So back to Logan Thomas. I see Logan Thomas having a really good game Sunday. He's going to be a key factor to this team. Number one is Carson Wentz. Number two is Logan Thomas. Number three is the wide receivers. And the last but not least is Antonio Gibson, a guy that's starting to redeem himself slowly but surely in the NFL world as well as the fantasy world. Right now he's the running back 10 in the fantasy, which translates to real life, obviously. Um, He ran the ball 14 times for 58 rushing yards. So that's kind of where they want to have Antonio Gibson. You don't want to give me Tony Gibson more than 14 carries. It could get kind of scary if you have Antonio Gibson running for more than 14 times. But game script is always game script. But that's where I kind of want Antonio Tony Gibson is at 14 carries. Then bring in Jonathan Williams with a few carries. Go ahead and bring in McKissick with a few carries. Curtis Samuel gets a few carries just to get that total number of carries to about 30. I think the commanders want to run the ball at least 30 times. If it's a script to where we have to lead, now you have to run more. That's when you're going to need a Jonathan Williams to help grind it out. Antonio Gibson can't do it by himself. But 14 carries for 58 yards is pretty solid. 4.1 per carry. That's also solid. Antonio Gibson was targeted in the pass game a lot. He caught seven receptions for 72 yards. I mean, he was phenomenal, and that's all you can ask for. He took care of the ball. He was decisive. He made some great catches. This is the Antonio Gibson that we've always wished that we had, which is an Antonio Gibson who's going to be involved in the pass game. So the commanders legit have five guys that can command the ball, that can command seven receptions each. And produce over 70 yards each. The last time this happened, I can't even tell you because even with those Jimmyson Crowder teams with uh, Kirk Cousins and Jordan Reed and Garcon and Deshaun Jackson, they didn't have a pass catching running back. At least I can't think of one right now. So um, this is a good problem to have. Brian uh, Brian Johnson Jr. He's back. He's 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 practicing. He's training again. So once he comes back, that'll be another added weapon for this team to be that, that that power back that helps to grind out games and those positive uh, game scripts to where you're playing with the lead and the defense is playing well, then you need that grinder that's going to run the ball and help to run out the clock. So I love what Antonio Gibson was able to do in week one. Hopefully he has that same fire, that same passion going into week two. As long as Antonio Gibson takes care of the ball, he's going to be in Washington for a very long time. God forbid if a Tony Gibson starts to fumble the ball and starts to have these different issues, then you are starting to see, OK, well, after his, you know, last year is up next year, you might move on. But he gave me no reasons to think that the team wants to move on. And Tony Gibson is going to be a huge factor come Sunday. Um, they're going to need him in the run game. They're going to need him in the passing game. They're going to need him to be a weapon. And that's his nickname gives Gibson, aka weapon, right? He was able to catch the ball very well. He's able to move the ball. He's able to make people miss. And he's a bigger guy. He's a bigger guy. Although he is, you know, six foot tall, 228 pounds, he's more of a shiftier 228. Okay. He ran a 4-3. So that we have multiple guys on the team that run a 4-3, four 4-4. Four four. So we have speed on the offense. You can spread it. You can spread it. You can throw Tony Gibson into the slot. You can throw Jahan Dotson into the slot. Terry, you can interchange and move people. And what I loved most about Scott Turner last week was that he was able to motion people. You didn't really know who was doing what. Okay, Curtis Samuel, you're going to run the ball. Okay, Gibson, you're playing wide receiver. Okay, Terry, you go long. Okay, I'm going to hit you deep. Uh, Then you have Jahan Dotson. You just run turn, throw it up. He jumps, catches it. I mean, this offense looks great. It's going to be a tough battle versus... Um, the Lions. The Lions do have some guys on defense that are going to be problems, and I'm looking forward to the game. I think the commanders pull this off. It's going to be a close game, maybe like a 30 to 27 type game, something like that. Um, I think that Curtis Samuel has over 70 yards receiving. I think that um, the defense plays well. Hopefully a couple turnovers, uh, a couple takeaways. I just don't know who. Um, we need need the special teams to be special. We need something out of Daxville. We need something out of the run game. We need field position. We need when the punter punts the ball, you know, make sure it's inside the tent. These are the little technical things that if the commanders do, it can be a victory for them. Looking forward for the commanders to go up 2-0. Don't like to look ahead, but you're going to have the Eagles come into town. And the Eagles are going to be playing a tough matchup this week. So whether the Eagles win or lose, they're going to be coming uh, to play the Commanders tough come week three. But we focus on week two, Commanders Lions. I have the Commanders win, 27 – Uh, I mean, 30 to 27. Um, this is a great episode. If you guys can like, please subscribe and please share. And if you're listening to the audio version, please leave me a five-star rating. Please leave me a, a, a comment. It helps to build the show. I appreciate all the love and support and i will catch you guys on that next episode yeah peace